I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. My name is Jerry Craft. I'm the author and the illustrator of the graphic novels New Kid and Class Act. My name is Ann Winter, and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. Hi everyone, um, thank you Gary so much for having me on. This is a huge pleasure. My name is Andre Fenton. I'm a young adult author and poet, spoken word artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many. It's personal. Awesome. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of It's Personal. I'm so excited. I always say this and I always repeat myself all the time. I'm always excited about the guests and selfishly because it's my podcast, I can have anyone anyone I want on the podcast. So today I'm just super excited because I've heard so much about this individual, but I've never had the chance to talk to her, um, but today I do. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many Meanings of Melon. I am mm, so excited to talk to you today. And I'm going to jump right <laughs> into this because I'm sure anyone who listens to the podcast is going to want to know. Um, before anything, we talked about it a little bit before. I'm just, I hope that everything's going well. I know that the timing right now in regards to COVID and just, you know, the world feels a little icky in regards to how things are moving. Um, so I'm hoping things are well. Um, but I also know that you have recently um, received some awards, and I would love to just hear about that initial reaction. Because um, a lot of times, you know, sometimes people, yeah, I think I think a lot of times people don't really see the back work that happens, the stuff that happens behind the scenes in regards to like the planning, um, in regards to the editing process, all of those things. Um, what was your initial reaction to winning the award? Um, and just how has it been in the last few days? <laughs> um, so actually, I found out about the Apollo Award. That's the one from the Asian Pacific American Librarians Association um, a month ago. And that was sort of out of the blue because I wasn't expecting to hear about any awards until um, right before the ALA ceremony. And uh, so that was sort of really lovely but also really hard to keep under wraps for so long <laughs> they're like you have to keep it a secret I'm like oh i wish you you know like <laughs> i wish it didn't have to be for so long um but that one i think is especially meaningful because i do identify as an asian american and my book watercress is very much um about the asian american experience and i found out about the caldecott which my illustrator jason chin won uh, for watercress the Sunday before, so a couple days before the ALA ceremony. Um, and I don't think that, I mean, I think it's up to the discretion of the editor and the illustrator to let the author know. And my editor and Jason um, called me 
and conferenced me in that Saturday. And he had just wow. gotten off his Zoom call with the Caldecott committee. So I think he was a little bit stunned, but he got to tell me um, wow. that he had won, which was just wonderful. I was really, really just hoping against hope that he would win the Caldecott because he deserves it um, so much. I mean, granted, there were lots of deserving books this past year, um, but, uh, you know, I just think that Jason, his artwork um, just captured the emotions that are in my story so beautifully and perfectly, and it really just elevated the text so much. Um, mm -hmm. And then the Newberry honor came completely out of the blue <laughs> on Sunday uh, before the ceremony. And uh, I was not expecting that at all because uh, you probably know picture books are very rarely recognized by the Newberry committee. So that was just the, the icing on the cake could not mm -hmm. have, you know, been more surprised or more happy. That's so <laughs> awesome. And I think it, it's just a testament to all the work that you've put in because reading the story in itself because you can just tell it's not something that it's 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 so ingrained in what you have been brought up to to recognize to experience to see to start to understand um and it was so well crafted i just love like the language it's so lyrical it's so well like um I like, I can't remember who said it, but someone mentioned that it's it's so specific, but it's also so like universal in a sense. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. love that so much. And obviously Jason's illustrations just, I don't know what magic happened in between creating that thing, but it is just phenomenal how it was all put together um, and very emotional, like reading the words and understanding that these are some of the things that you, these are all the things that you had gone through um, yeah. as a kid like I think it, it was just so masterfully done um, and I thank you for for sharing that with us because oh. it was so good so so good thank you yeah it it was a true collaboration between me and Jason and our editor and Neil Porter and the art director Jennifer Brown and I think that that rarely happens with picture books um, but you know Neil felt that since it was such a personal story that he um thought it'd be a good idea for Jason and I to meet. So we did in the before times and that was lovely. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we got a chance to exchange family stories and, and he really found That's his cool. own personal connection to the story as well and uh, shared family photos, and, you know, really just got to be friends, which was just wonderful. That is awesome. It's, it's nice when things match. I want to say perfectly, I hate the word, but kind of, right? Kind it's really of, yeah. nice when things fit so well together. Um, and I congratulate you for all of those, those things, because again, very well, well-deserved, well-deserved. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about your childhood. And I think seeing the book, if you haven't read the book out there, um, Watercrest has been a great, amazing read aloud for anyone around the world. Um, and it is basically your childhood. So I want to go back there a little bit. Um, I know that you've spent a lot of time moving to different places, um, which also means that you've been in different school systems, have met different people, have been in different spaces. Um, what was it like for you? Um, I guess let's we, you can go back as far as you want to um, as a kid growing up. So I was about two years old when my family moved out to Ohio and uh, it was rural Ohio. There was a, a college there, Antioch College, in this small town. And it was 
you know, for the 70s, a very progressive uh, small town named Yellow Springs. And, um, you know, I think I was, I first started to be really aware of how different I was when I started going to school. I was the only Asian American in my class and in my grade for all the years that I lived there, um, as far as I can remember. And um, there was one other Chinese American family in town that, you know, we would spend time with and have dinner with and, and you know, because my parents were very comfortable with them. Um, but I do remember just always feeling like I didn't belong and that I was embarrassed about my family because we did things that seemed very different to me than, than my school friends did. You know, I would go over to their houses and, and, you know, just try and compare with what my family did, right? And it was just, you know, not the same. And I never felt very comfortable like having my friends over. I was not encouraged to have sleepovers or anything like that. Those are all just very American things. And my parents didn't grow up like, you don't invite people over to sleep at your house just for fun. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I definitely experienced microaggressions and, you know, my parents did as well. And uh, we definitely grappled with that. But my parents had this immigrant attitude of you just keep your head down and move forward, yeah. you know, and wow. uh, I didn't really process a lot of what was going on. And so I think I wrote Watercrest because I was trying to process this memory and not quite figuring out. It took me a long time, uh, you know, like eight plus years to really mm -hmm. write that story the way it's wow. published now. Wow. And that's amazing. I love that you mentioned that because you know, as a writer, um, it takes time to craft stories. Um, it yeah. often, again, people see the finished product and sometimes think that it's done in weeks, months, years. Right. And <laughs> they forget that it's sometimes, it's almost all the time, like double, triple, all of that, right? So um, I'm so happy that, that you mentioned that. I want to talk more about your childhood. And I remember reading something where it just said that you've always been a reader um, yeah. and a writer. Um, I guess my question is like, how does that happen? Do, is it a, is it because someone has given you a book? It's because it runs in your family. Uh, what are the reasons why you continue to love reading, writing, or starting even start to love reading, writing at such a young age? Sesame Street. <laughs> um, my mother would tell me that I learned to read from Sesame Street, and you know, English was not either of my parents' first language. And so when I, I toddled into the kitchen one day and pointed at a loaf of bread and spelled out all the letters and said bread, and my mother was just like, she was gonna fall on the floor. She couldn't believe it. I was maybe three years old. And so she just bought me books and books and books after that. And we always went to the town library and came back with armfuls of books. Um, education was super important to both my parents. My father was a professor and my mother was a nurse midwife. And, you know, that was the way that you succeeded in, the, in, in life was to get a good education so that you could get a good job. I mean, um, I think most parents think that. And, and so she really encouraged my reading. We read um, together at night before bed. She read aloud to me and my brother. And uh, reading was my safe space. You mm. know, I was a really shy child. 
because I felt like I was so different. I didn't really know how to talk to the other kids. So I remember in first grade, I and I and I tell the kids that on school visits this, I hid underneath my teacher's desk for most oh. of the school year. And okay, so this is progressive Ohio at the time in the 70s. I would just take stacks of books and create walls and make this little cave and just sit in there and read all day. And it was like awesome, right? And my teacher put a pillow under there so I was more comfortable. She was very accommodating and understanding of my shyness, but She's like, you should probably come out. Why don't you read stories to the other kids? Just go read them this book. And so little by little, that's what I did because I didn't have to, you know, come up with conversation. I was like, okay, here are the words on the page and this is what they say. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I could do that. Um, wow. And from there, I think it was just an easy segue into writing my own stories and keeping up that, um, that other you know, that other world for me, you know, like continuing mm -hmm. the stories that I had been reading and writing fan fiction, I guess, of some sort, you know? Yeah, and I, and I love that. I love that so much. And I think one of the things I love about you as a writer is that your your books, um, even your nonfiction work, it's just so specific in regards to, um, it just tells me so much about you. And it's not like just random work. I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but especially your picture books, like they are so specific into who you are and where you've come from. And I love that, I love that so much. Um, I read, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, is it Magic Ramen? Is it yes, Magic it Ramen? is Magic Ramen, yeah. Yeah, so I read that uh, most recently before uh, Watercrest. And I just love, I just, I love ramen in general just because it's really good. But yeah. listening to your story, again, just tells me so much about your childhood, how much, how important the specific like meal is. I've read so many books about food um, and this one's so different. It just feels so different the way it's laid out um, in your voice. So again, I appreciate that the work that you do in regards to um, what you put on the page and what you share with the world is so specific to who you are because it really, it's so helpful. It's so helpful to hear those stories. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's, you know, as a writer, I'm trying to put my heart into everything. Because, you know, mm -hmm. that's, you want to find the heart of the story, but also, um, you know, I think each, each manuscript, each story that I write is a passion project, and that hopefully carries through. Of course, and of course. That. And how do you, I guess, one of my questions is, and as an educator, we often have kids brainstorm and think about ideas and stories. How do you... I'm sure as a writer, your mind is always thinking about ideas and stories and how to put them together. How do you um, get those stories and then finally realize like this is the one that you wanna to go to? Like, what does that process look like for you? I think when I first started seriously writing for children, it was after my children, my own children were born. And I decided to come back to this, this sort of um, dream that I had had since I was nine of becoming an author. And, um, you know, I just, I read so many picture books to my own kids and th that gave me ideas. I also really am fascinated by how everything's interconnected, people, places, the world, you know, my, my degree is in ecology and that's all about how things are interconnected in the biological world. And so, you know, I take some of that attitude, I think, into my writing. Um, 
and yeah, it's, and I forgot the question. No, it's okay. It's okay. You answered the question. I'm just rambling. No, you're answering the question. It's just, I think one of the things that we do as educators is try to get kids to think about brainstorming ideas. And you're answering that question, like, what does that look like as a writer for you? And you, you, you answered the questions. It's good. I also keep, you know, a lot of notebooks. I keep notebooks Mm -hmm. for each um, category, like picture books or, or nonfiction or longer works. And Anytime I come across some sort of interesting um, tidbit of information or I come up with an idea, I write it down. And especially for my novel, it was like cobbling together a whole bunch of those ideas um, Mm -hmm. into a novel. And then for Watercress, it was really just, I couldn't shake this memory and I didn't know why. You know, have you ever had something that haunted you and you just don't really know why? Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) I get oh, yeah. that totally. And I love that you were able to to get everything you you needed out of it. Um and do you feel like it is everything you wanted it to be? Is there things within it? Because oftentimes authors and illustrators will see something after it's been produced and they're like, oh, I wish I would have added this here, or I wish I would have taken this out. Is there anything within that piece specifically that you feel like you would have changed? Because I think it's perfect. <laughs> thank you um I think it's about as perfect as I could get it and want it to be again it took a long time um it took eight years and many different forms it started out being a personal essay for grown-ups wow and just over time I just I was like okay now I'm learning how to write for kids let's make it a picture book and I was like this is not working and it's way too long I just clearly don't know how to write a picture book yet and um, I found a mentor text, uh, which is called A Different Pond, and it's by Bao Fi, illustrated by T. Bui. Love, 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 Isn't love, that love. an amazing book? Um, and I was like, wow. And Bao Fi is a poet. Like, that sort of blew my mind, his lyrical writing. So I took out the manuscript, and it's like, all right, I'm going to pare this down to the barest, barest essentials. Wow. And so that's... That's it. That's the book. I lo- yeah, I, I love <laughs> I love what you do with it, and I love that it is so lyrical. Um, I'm definitely someone who tends to lean closer to the side of like picture books that are more lyrical in regards to the the I don't want to say traditional, but the way that they're most often produced. Um, right. So when I saw that, it was just another like treat for me. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like yes, 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 yes. I would love it even more. So. Um, I really appreciate that. And that's a whole process in itself, right? Like it's not something you, you almost have to, you have to figure out how you want to say things sometimes in a short amount of words, because it's not necessarily the same way that you would be producing it if it's um, in a more traditional sense of how a picture book normally looks. So um, again, very masterful. Um, oh, thank it. you. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I don't consider myself a poet, but what came out was free verse. And I was like, okay, we'll just, Go with it. <laughs> you are definitely a poet. Work, talk, work, work. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andrea, what are some things that you do like to do outside of writing? I'm oh. an empty nester as of last. Oh fall. no! Wait. What? That <laughs> yeah. is awesome. That is awesome. So how does that? How does that feel? 
It feels really good. I, they're both so happy where they are. And especially since the older one had to come home during the pandemic, and that was not at all the college experience that he mm. was expecting or anybody was expecting. So it was really great um, to send both of them off this past fall and know that they're happy and they're doing well. And, wow. Um, I mean, clearly we're still, you know, very involved with them, but mm. it, it's, it's freed up brain space in a way to be, wow. to do different things, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. And for some reason I thought they were still in high school. I don't know why, for some reason I thought that, but. It's probably cause I haven't updated my bio or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool though. I think that's a whole different experience in itself. Are you finding yourself sending messages or calling them often um, just to check Maybe. in? We had discussions about how often I was allowed to call. <laughs> These things you have to negotiate. But I do text them occasionally, um, one more than the other, just because he's a little bit more um, communicative, shall I say. Mm -hmm. uh, but during the pandemic, I also got a puppy, as millions of people oh. did. So he's my toddler at home. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think that's OK. Like. You do what you need to to survive and if it's getting an animal which can't really go wrong for the most part like yeah. i love it i love that i mean because you know the writing life is so solitary and it's just like day after day in front of my computer mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. the puppy gets me outdoors and you know exercising a little bit so it's um, all good yeah yeah it, it, writing can be very lonely <laughs> yeah it can be very very lonely so good for you good for you i have andre i just have a few more questions mm -hmm. for you um i think one of the the final questions i have is like what or who maybe are your um like inspirations in regards to um writing and maybe why you're writing or some of the work that you do I read really broadly, so that's a tough question. Um, mm -hmm. But I, you know, I learn something from every piece of, from every book that I read or or piece of writing because, you know, when you start to analyze it from a craft perspective, even the stuff that might not resonate with me, I still have something to learn from it. You know, why don't I particularly connect with this piece? And how can I change that? Um, but I had incredible mentors along the way. Uh, I went to the MFA program at Lesley University and uh, David Elliott um, was one of my um, instructors, Susan Goodman, Pat Larry Collins, Chris Lynch. I mean, they're all just such amazing people and amazing writers and I, I owe them a great deal. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Kids always ask like, what's your favorite book? And I'm like, I can't answer that. I mean, can you answer that? It's like, it's just so hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And that's so fair. I, yeah, there's so many favorite books, um, but I really do love some of the, um, the, you know, the fantasies and science fiction books that I grew up with. And, uh, you know, I even incorporated, um, Ursula Le Guin's A Wizard of Earthsea in my novel mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that one felt very pivotal for me. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think That's now so I'm sort of gravitating towards the more lyrical writing as well. So. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, for me, it goes in phases. Like I, 
I love reading like memoirs, which is mm-hmm. not anything like a picture book or a uh-huh. grade book or a YA book. Um, and I do find benefits from reading them from specific people that I often can take and look at a picture book and be like, oh, I love how they did this. I can think about changing it. Um, so I totally understand that as well um, because a lot of my favorite authors aren't picture book authors as well or middle grade, et cetera. So that just makes sense to me. It does. It all makes sense to me. Totally. Yeah, totally. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. What are some things you like to do um, for fun outside of the writing space, whether it's cooking, whether it is, I want to say traveling, because that's such a hard thing to ask for, say, right now, because I know that traveling hasn't yeah. been the easiest. Um, what are some things you like to do outside of writing? Well, outside of reading and writing, I do love to bake. Um, so I used to bake a lot and, and I got into like extreme cake decorating at one point, <laughs> which just takes awesome. up way too much time now. But uh, let's see, what else do I like to do? I do like to be outside. I like to go hiking. It's um, really, Denver's really wonderful for that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I do, I do love traveling. I miss it a great deal. And um you know, what else do I do? I am a very sort of couch potato, quiet person. So Same. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, television, it's just storytelling in another way, in another, you know, media, right? I love um, certain TV shows. And yeah, I, I always aspire to do more gardening than I actually do. <laughs> mm. I buy everything every year. <laughs> in the hopes that I'll get out there, but I haven't quite figured out how to garden in Colorado. <laughs> Sounds weird, but it's yes. a very different climate than I'm used to. It's a little chilly. Andrea, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have, um, last thing is you do have a middle grade. Can you just share a little bit about that and what are some things we can look forward to? My debut middle grade is called The Many oh, Meanings the of Maylon. It came out in August um, of last oh. year. And it is also about a Chinese American girl um, and grappling with her identity. She's grown up her entire life in Boston's Chinatown and her family moves to rural Ohio after her extended family breaks apart. And um, so it's sort of, you know what, my editor for Watercrest was like, oh, it sounds like the prequel to Watercrest, but for older (laughs) readers. I was like, yeah, that's kind of perfect description. Um, But it sort of revolves around her name and how names are such a big part of her identity, right? Her name is Meilan and, um, you know, it connects her to her Chinese heritage. But when she moves to this small town, you know, the principal renames her to Melanie and she sort of starts to lose her sense of self. And she discovers all these other meanings to the Lan part of her name. And she's like, okay, so at home, I'm this Lan and at school, I'm this other one. So it's a little like code switching. That sounds so good. And I love the the idea of it being um, so closely tied to watercress. I think again, that just makes me happy and warm inside. Uh, Well, you're right, that's what your editor said at least. But yeah, I think that makes me even more excited to to take a look at it. Um, You're a lot like me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'd like. 
I put a lot of myself into my books, I guess. <laughs> good, good. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you do. I want to thank you so much for hanging out. Um, this was so much fun. Um, thank you what for I'll, having me. No, I again. It's when it, when any when anyone ever says yes to just hanging out and talking to me, I am very very honored.